about that time, about that time, about that time, yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. We can broke from outside. It's the three. Auburn men talking Auburn men's basketball. Oh man, he didn't miss the other night. Three for no frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Final seconds of the quarter, Holloway, he can hit from that range. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys, we just dominated Arkansas in Fayetteville, in Bud Walton. A 32-point victory. We scored 83. They scored 51 in their own house. We just, the second half, they were talking women's basketball for five minutes. They didn't even care. We put back dunks with Cardwell because we were dominating so badly. It turned into like what we felt like an at-a-conference beatdown. Like they were demoralized. Jonai down the stretch just did whatever he wanted. It just seemed like there was absolutely like we extinguished the fire in Arkansas. They like laid down in the second half. And then KD, with about four or five minutes left, tried to destroy the arena with a huge dunk. He missed the dunk, but man, if he had thrown that dunk down, I think they might have to like demolish the whole arena. But Ben, man, are we having fun? We're having so much fun, Jackson. More than half of our points came from the bench tonight. So the wow. main question we had going into this game is, is our depth legit? Are we really a 10-man deep rotation? We're an 11-man deep rotation. We got, they weren't great. But we, you know, we got some decent Leo minutes tonight. Uh, maybe he's in the MVP discussion. Maybe, maybe he. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a joke. One day, one day, Leo. Actually, it'll have to be at a conference, I think, or it'll have to be like a, a moment where like both of our threes go down, and he has to play the whole game, and like keeps us in something. But I think we got two guys in particular. But just just pulling up the the stat sheet over here blew my mind that we shot thirty nine percent from three. In this game, oh, yeah, the second half, we really came alive. I don't know if anybody Holy noticed crap, this. that's how we just dominated. We were like 11% at like late in the first half, still in the game. I think we finished the first half with, at 20%. To end with 39% from three at the end of the game, we just dominated down the stretch. Well, and not even that. We also obliterated them in points in the paint. I don't know if the the first that's... breakdown has this number yet, but I know that about midway, at the, about the midway point in the in the second half, we had them doubled up in points in the paint. It's great. Right now, I think they got points in the paint is on here. 48 to 18. Oh. You're doubling up. That's like tripling up. <laughs> oh. There's a, That's the win. That's the differential right there is points in the paint with it's the final crazy. score. That's how, like, that's how, this is how you end up with a 32-point win in Bud Walton against what was supposed to be a hyped Arkansas team this year, like they have been the last couple of years. But you shoot 39% from three eventually the whole game, even though you, you struggled early. And then you dominate the points in the paint, 48 to 14. Total rebounds, 46 for Auburn, Arkansas 32. That was a big thing in the first half that no one was really scoring well at all, but we kept getting more shots. I believe we had five or six more shots in the first half, like halfway through the first half. That was a big deal. I mean, we just fast break points, 17 to 7. Uh, assists, 16 to 8. I mean, this is what happens when you win by 32. The stat sheet looks real good, huh? I mean, look, let's go back and, and say that there's a lot of stuff we got to work on. Once again, we came slow out of the gate. Some of that was the officiating's fault. Um, the referees knew this was going to be a hotly contested game. They were calling it super tight early, and they called some soft, soft technical fouls 
pretty much the whole game through. And well, it luckily took like, for us, it took like 15 minutes to get through. It was two to zero for like 15 minutes of real time, not game time, but real time because they had some weird stuff. The shot clock didn't go on to begin the game. Then there was a weird uh, like shoving thing with Jonai Broom in the corner that I believe they called a foul on both maybe and broke them up, but it was really weak. And then there was a trash talking tech from CBM and a trash talking tech from Trey, which were so weak. I know there's people in the comments that'll disagree, but those are just so weak. Come on, you can't you can't say gotcha or whatever they freaking said to him on the on the bench. Come on, you know. And again, let's go back and 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 look. The the officiating wasn't that crazy overall in terms of the ticky tack personals. Well, uh, I did we it shot wasn't, free throws. It wasn't, the second half went so quickly. Because there was Especially no, to that first when match. you just dominate that badly, the refs start swallowing the whistle a bit and the players, Arkansas was so demoralized. We were getting crazy, like low effort points. Everybody, you just have somebody underneath the goal, barely guarded at all. So like, of course there was no fouls down the stretch. It started weird as hell. The refs tried to keep it weird as hell, which actually played to our advantage to start the game. But then when it's just got blowout time, they didn't need to interject themselves. You know, like they couldn't even interject themselves if they wanted to. Yeah, we finished shooting 11 total free throws for the day. Arkansas only shot 15, but we both hit eight. So Arkansas was barely over 50% from the free throw line. They had the opportunity for a lot of easy, cheap points, and they couldn't cash in. And that was part of what kept them at arm's length the whole way. That and the performance of Janai Broom in the second half, which was truly a virtuoso resurrection for the ages. He loved his matchup, man. It was every possession. He was doing exactly what he wanted to do. Just domination by Broom. We might not see that for a long time. We've had some decent centers recently, but history-wise, even early Bruce teams, not great centers. It was a lot of fun to watch Broom work down there. He lives below the rim, but man, his moves, I just, I don't know what to say about him. It's just so smooth and he's got great shots. You want to walk us you through see- like like narrative wise of like how the game went, man, it kind of talked to the first like minute or two of how weird it was. But like, I don't know if you want to like, just do a quick overview of the game before we get into MVP discussion. Yeah. I mean, it was very, a very strange first half, a very uh, 2022 Auburn first half. There was a lot of good defense and a lot of bad shots. We were missing close at the basket. We had Janai, I think start the game. Oh, for four from right inside he did shoot one three-pointer but we zero had points missing... in the first half right yeah, zero, zero points, points in the first half. wow and we had a lot of guys missing really really close to the basket i'm going down and looking here 15 minutes and 19 seconds uh arkansas got a dunk and then there was not another basket for until we were below the 15 minute mark but for the first five minutes of the game the score was eight to five so brutal in, it was brutal no one the, there was a lid on the on the basket Fouls started getting a little discrepancy in the first half. Like I think at one point they had set, we had seven fouls on us and three on them. And then we just could not hit a three to save our life. Like I said, we were 11% from three with like five minutes left in the first half, but we just kept scoring in the paint to keep this thing tight. Right. Yeah. And the other big thing that Arkansas really did a great job of was getting us out of our passing game. Um, We had a lot of turnovers early and we were not assisting well in the first half. We were having to play a lot of isolation ball which has not been a strength for this team all year and will probably continue to be a weakness just because, again, we don't have a guy that's a scorer. But we saw Denver Jones really attacking the basket and get himself to the free throw line a couple of times in the first half and did it without getting blocked. He actually drew the foul. You'd love to see it in a game. It's it's a vet move right there. In a game where the shots are just not going down, you stay in a game in Bud Walton Arena by driving the ball and getting a couple foul calls. And that's what some of our guys did. We started scoring in the paint. You're like half the time when you when you drive in there hard, you're going to get a foul call and you're going to get you shoot your free throws. And that's how you stay in a away game. And we'll, we'll probably hopefully see that 
the rest of the year with some of these vet players. And we've got, man, like you said, another, I mean, we can, we could just keep spiraling out, but the depth, that's what we were most worried about, right? If this, if this team would to be end up to be bad, it was that the depth couldn't handle an SEC, but guess who stepped up in the first half when this team was kind of back and forth, what was going to happen. We didn't score very well. Broom didn't score a single point. We put our backups in our second line. I don't know if you want to even call them backups anymore because they're playing so well. You would call them our second line or whatever with KD, uh, CBM, Trey, Chaney Johnson, and Cardwell. And they held their own. And not only did they hold their own, that's kind of where we started this lead was with those guys. Oh, yeah. And who oh, was yeah. it, Ben? Talk, t- tell me about who was the, the first half, the dude. The dude in the first half was absolutely Jackson's favorite player, Chad Baker Mazar. I mean, he, when we couldn't hit a shot, hit two three pointers in the first half. He was driving inside, drawing fouls. His defensive rotations left a little bit to be desired. Um, I thought his defense he, played really well. He had that great no, like it, corner three-point defense where he like jumped up too early, pumping, and he's still so long that by the time he got back on the ground, he just put his hand behind the guy's three-point shot. He had to pull it back down. I think he turned the ball over. I thought that was a great well, possession. Guy, yeah, he he forced the guy to travel, but again, that was in the second half. In that That's first half, he, yeah, in that first half, he was struggling a little bit with his defensive rotation. So again, that comes back to an incredible job by the coaching staff of our second half adjustments. I mean, it was clear they saw something to get the ball to Janai inside and force that matchup that he absolutely ate on. And then Chad Baker-Mazar's defense in the second half was absolutely outstanding. It's not that it was bad in the first half, but it was so good in the second half with his aggressiveness and his ability to get to the ball and be that agent of chaos. We've seen him be all non-conference. And we and we could talk about this weird CBM moment too. We were struggling to score. We're putting our backups in. You're kind of worried that, oh, this might be when the other team goes on a run. We're already struggling to score. Now we're putting our backups in. The CBM comes in, hits a three, immediately turns to somebody, on the front row, maybe like fans, I believe, maybe and trash talk something says something. Immediate tech, super weak tech, gives him to the free throw. Like, oh crap, we finally hit a shot, and now we're giving him free points with a tech here. But he comes right back. I'm pretty sure he finishes a drive or two later in that possession. He might hit another three. Played good defense, in my opinion. We we played zone a lot of that first half. I don't know if we continued it through the second half or not. I was just so elated with the party party's atmosphere. But like they struggled a lot with that zone early on. I don't know if that's the full reason why they had 51 points. They hit some some hard threes. I was complaining that this is such a classic away game. We can't seem to hit anything. We're headed towards foul trouble. They're hitting bad shots. They were not good shots. And you brought that up too, Ben, when they started scoring earlier on. That calm down, everybody. They're making bad shots. Those are not good shots. And it, it really did even out as it went. Like same with us. We were taking good shots. They just weren't going in. It reversed later in the first half and truly in the second half. Yeah, you can't say enough about this team's discipline, particularly compared to last year. And I think so much of that has to do with the fact that we have more offensive weapons ready to go. We have more guys that understand what their role is and nobody panics. We knew, uh, like you were saying, that Arkansas was going to go on a run. We knew they were going to hit some shots. We knew they were going to hit some circus stuff. That's the magic of playing at home. But everybody stayed within themselves. Nobody played hero ball. Aiden realized his shot was not falling early and went right back into his deferral mode. Aiden Holloway finished with uh, zero assists today, which is kind of shocking, but he had five rebounds. So that's a guy that's six foot one out there hustling for rebounds and continuing to make plays. He did finally hit a three in the second half, but perhaps more importantly, zero turnovers. So when you look at our stats as a whole, we only had 16 assists. So we're a little off our season average because of how poor that first half was, but only seven turnovers. So we're still assisting at a two to one 
assist to turnover ratio, yeah, you, which you is just pa- beautiful the, basketball. The passes were probably there. The shots just weren't being made in the first half. We were shooting so terribly. So it's probably still good basketball. Like we were saying good shots were being taken. They just weren't going in. I've got to give another props to this team, man. The depth is so great. And the amount of times I'm, I'm so tensed up during away games. You just know that when you're already struggling offensively and somebody takes a bad shot on top of already playing bad defensively, we rarely took bad shots in this game. It was so fun to watch. Several times I watched a CBM or a KD or even a Jalen or one of the other guys, an Aiden, a Trey, look like they might pull up for a bad shot. And almost every single time they made the pass. And almost every single time we got a good shot out of that. There was one in particular, very proud of CBM. I just can't get over CBM. And that is my dude. And he just showed out today. And he was on his streak of hitting threes, driving to the basket and scoring. And then he got another three-point look that was like semi-guarded. You could have taken it. It would definitely have ended up with the refs, or not the refs, the announcers going, oh, that was a heat check. Yep, he didn't make it. Instead, he passed the freaking ball, and we got a good shot. And that is like, you can't, like, that is the kind of, like, attitude this team is bringing that'll make all the difference. Yeah, you look at Chad Baker-Mazar. He's kind of like a hybrid forward almost at this point because he seems like with the way he bangs inside, he could play some minutes at the four, even though we did get some quality minutes from Cheney tonight. But Chad Baker-Mazar finished with three assists, and so did Janai. That's your center with three assists. That shows you the willingness of this team to defer, to keep the ball moving, and to make sure that everybody is getting the shots that they need. It's just it's such a breath of fresh air after having to watch us play so much hero ball the last season. We got a lot of uh, a lot of people in the chat today. A lot of the chat's really going off. Let me know who you guys want your MVP to is. Some other people have already got their MVP votes in. Miles Norgren, love the trash talking CBM MVP. Uh, Farm Data says CBM MVP for clapping during his technical. He knew it was BS. Love that. Uh, Willie Willie Whitelaw, the legend, says I don't know. I don't know how we haven't said this yet. Largest ever loss at Bud Walton for Arkansas. Bruce is always talking about making history. We did it again today, folks. We made history. We embarrassed them so badly in their place that we made history in the record books. That's going to stand for a while, I think, too, the way the Arkansas program has been on the rise. But man, that would have been a game. And then on and Jackson, uh, let's let's talk about what some of the folks in the chat may have missed if you didn't join us for our SEC preview and the trial of Jalen Williams. Let's talk about the play of Jalen Williams today. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. How much how many points did he end up with here? Jaylen he finished Williams. with 11. 11. He was he was tied with Trey as our third leading scorer, but he was five of nine. So he took nine shots, which is exactly what we've been asking of him. We want and he to drove the ball and he drove the ball through contact. He didn't make every single one of them. He did have one go off his leg at time, but man, watching him make that decision where he could have taken a jump shot or even a three to drive when our shots weren't going in. He's another one that I was talking about when I said they made that extra pass. His wasn't always an extra pass. His was not taking a contested three or a bad jump shot. He was driving the ball and finishing with a two. That was the, a huge moment in the first half. And like, again, most of the time, it's it's still a quiet 11 for the most part, but I love the drives. That's, that's what you got to see away games like that. Well, and again, it wasn't a quiet 11, but six of those points came in the first half when we desperately needed them. And even more of them came in that second half. Jalen Williams was one of our one of the few players to hit a three-pointer in that first half, which kept Arkansas at arm's length and kept the pressure on them. Uh, obviously, we wanted to win this game. But given where we're at in the rankings and given where we're at in the analytics, losing a road game to a team as talented as Arkansas, it stings personally, but it doesn't maybe sting professionally. 
Arkansas needed this win. Uh, Arkansas has a good win against Duke, but they also have a really bad loss. And again, when you're at home, you're expected to hold serve. Uh, we just got a great message from Ryan Norman, who couldn't join us on the pod today. But Ryan says we are now up to fifth in Ken Palm after this Wow. Win. Love it. Uh, I put on Reddit, I'm, I'm doing that after every game, asking for MVP votes. We got a couple of MVP votes in the chat uh, in Reddit. Ribs and Whiskey said, I got three words for you. C-B-M. Uh, side engineer, Sid engineer 42. Got to go CBM today. Keep cool. Coolidge says, if you give Jonai the chat game, the chat new game, for most impact when it still mattered, then you have to give this one a CBM for the same reason. I, I am with you. And I love that people are listening and, and understanding that's kind of where we've gone this year with depth. And then last, oh, AU yeah. Art said, uh, I'll trade some shit talking fouls for what CBM is bringing. <laughs> I love it. A lot of CBM votes here. I think you guys are feeling the same thing as me. We got to talk about it because CBM, in my opinion, this will be our MVP discussion. CBM got the points when they mattered to me, like people are saying. When things were on the line, when things were tough, CBM came in with the backup line and had a great game and set us up to where we ended up. But man, it's like a role reversal here because the first half got dominated by CBM, but the second half was a show by Jonai Broom. Zero points in the first half for Jonai Broom, but he ends up with 14 in the second half. So that shows you a little bit right there. Seven of 13 from the field. Uh, CBM led us in score. Man, I love that. In his first SEC game, he's accelerating. Can you believe it? That's what I said in our SEC preview. I said he's one, him and Aiden maybe are two of the only players maybe in this little probably have a chance to accelerate through SEC play. A lot of other guys are going to drop off of it. I think we saw that with Chris Moore tonight. But man, CBM with 16 points, a career night, two of three from three in big moments, five of nine from the field, four, four from free throws. That was a big deal to hit those free throws down the stretch. It really changes the game when things are a little rough and you get that foul call and you hit both your, your free throws. So that's your two big guys to talk about. Ben, any strong opinions? There's one last player that I don't want us to miss. And that's the effectiveness of Trey Donaldson. Again, once you you want to talk about points when it matters, Trey Donaldson's ability to drive towards the end of that first half when we were in our second rotation is one more example of the bench not just holding serve like we need them to, but actually continuing to slowly and slowly build on a lead. Last year, it was when we rotate the bench in with a lead, we just need them to hold serve. We don't, we don't need to go under double digits until we can bring the starters back in. This year, we have such an effective bench that can actually stretch that lead. Trey Donaldson's ability to dish continues to be just immaculate. He finished with four assists to lead us uh, in, in his distributing ability, and he hit, some three, or he hit a three-pointer at the end of the second half, which is definitely just always good to see. It's been a while since Trey's shot at volume, but knowing that he can hit from that distance is going to continue to leave those downhill lanes open for him. So Trey had an amazing game. Janai had an amazing half. Jalen continues to step up like he has for the last four games. Just saw I think it's undeniable. We needed somebody to replace the production of Alan Flanagan. And Chris Moore, or Chris Moore, he was never going to be that guy. So the we plus minus Chad Baker Mazar to be the plus oh, minus has got to be insane because Chris Moore. I got like he on, came Ryan, out bad in this one. I think he turned the ball over two possessions in a row or two out of the three first possessions. And then CBM just came in and roasted. And I put it out there on Twitter and we we kind of came to this conclusion in the last game or two. CBM probably deserves the starting role. But you saw it tonight when the when the bench players come in, when the second line comes in, we need him to be the guy that can be offense. KD Hayes is a chaos agent, and some nights he he'll be the offense, but CBM, I think, will be our go-to. 
guy to get the ball to on offense when we have our second line. And, and tonight showed we can thrive and we can have a better depth line when their second line comes in. Ours comes in and thrives while they're the ones holding their breath, which is a lot of fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> All right, Jackson, who do you think led us in plus minus tonight? CBM. Incorrect. CBM was third with plus minus 21 when he was on the floor. Wow. What was what was Chris Moore's plus minus? Negative what? Believe it or not, Chris Moore actually did not finish in the minus. He finished at plus seven. I, I, the closest, the closest minus, person man. we had to a bad the closest person we had to a bad player was KD. He finished at a flat zero. Wow, we, did, so everybody's we, we don't have a we don't have a single player in the negative for plus minus. That's how good this game was and how wow. good we were overall. Second place, Denver Jones at plus 26. And in All first right. place, my man, number three, Trey Donaldson at plus 31. There you go. There's there was your whole point you were just making. And bench points I saw over here, man. It just feels so good. Bench points for Auburn, 46. Bench points for Arkansas, nine. Holy crap. I'm hoping that's the story all year. Let's let's party this thing up because we might not see like this team could be really great. I think there's a chance Arkansas, there's something weird going on with them and we just got on them and they just collapsed on us. But man, party while we can. We hopefully be partying the rest of the year, but I'm I'm having fun. Listen again, never take a road win for granted. And a road win like this, you're right. We didn't just win. We didn't just go on the road and face some tough adversity, which we had a little bit of adversity in that first half. We strangled the life out of this team, and we did it two points at a time. Particularly, you go back and look at that second half. We we felt a run coming. They hit some three-pointers. It looked like, are they going to get this thing back to single digits and make it a game? But we went back down the floor. We fed Janai Broom two points at a time. We strangled the life out of them until they just gave up. I, I would say if there's an analogy here for our MVP boat, CBM came. It's a tag team situation here in the first half. CBM came in and put up a good fight and knocked the guy down on the other side. He then went back to the ring, tagged Jonai in. As that guy tried to get back up, Jonai just stepped on his neck and kept it on there the rest of the freaking game. And so there, there is an argument to be made for Jonai Broom that if he didn't just dominate his matchup like he did in the second half, they could have been out of the half or something, a comeback. We were only up seven at halftime. But I got to say that early CBM run when our backups were in was just so huge that I got to give him the MVP. I think you're in agreement. Uh, absolutely. Listen, we all know what we have in Janai Broom. And Janai Broom is an incredible player. He might be one of the best players to play center at Auburn of all time. Uh, we'll see what it's like when, he get, when we get to the end of his career. But without a doubt, today's MVP has got to be Chad Baker-Mazzaro. I got to give it. It's a good time to say we're celebrating. We're enjoying this. I can't believe CBM, I believe, is getting his first MVP, right? In his first SEC game. Feeling very Walker Kessler-esque right now with the accelerating well, SEC. This is his second MVP. I believe we gave him the MVP in the win over UNC Asheville in Huntsville. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So if we're going to take a shot here of Red Mount Vodka, the Auburn-themed vodka oh, hang bottle on, hang here. On. Vamp, with, vamp, I'll be back. I got Charles vodka. Barkley on the logo. If you're not drinking Red Mount Vodka, the Charles Barkley-owned vodka company that makes an Auburn-specific bottle after a victory like this, what are you doing? We don't get stuff like this as Auburn fans every day. There's not Auburn-owned vodka every day, especially not of an alum that we love, and he's done so much for Auburn that I just feel like as a fan base, we should be supporting him back. This is like the only way. I don't know any other way other than just like praising him all the time and saying how great he is on TNT, saying he's a great alumni. This literally helps monetarily. It's delicious. It's fun. I hope it becomes a tradition. 
I believe uh, Ben is going to uh, get his red mount also. Hopefully everybody at home is also getting their red mount at the same time. Let's see what else people are saying in the chat here. Ben C says it's smart by Bruce. Instead of overloading one line, he spreads the talent between two lines so that the weaknesses don't pull the second pull down the second line. Love it. CBM's such a godsend. If we didn't have CBM playing the way he is, I don't know what we would do. I don't think we're switching somebody off of the starting line to go in there. I think we just got really lucky that CBM's as good as he is. You got your shot ready, Ben? Sir Charles, Redmond Distilling. We thank you. War Eagle. So smooth. So incredible. Thank you, Charles Barkley. Farm Data says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Charles has a statue. Let's not commit heresy. Yeah, true. <laughs> He's got a statue, so we are, we are respecting him for sure on campus. But hey, as fans, the vodka. Now, who's another player you want to talk about on here? You've talked about Trey, Jalen, Junai. Let's KB? go back to talking about Denver Jones again, because we okay, had yeah. talked for a while about wanting to see him be more effective downhill and we were a little worried about when we got to sec play were we going to see him continue to get blocked was he going to continue to be ineffective and although he didn't make as many shots as i'm sure he wanted to i think his drives were great and i think getting to the foul line is a big deal and we saw him do that we saw him do both of those things tonight Denver jones seven points uh one of one from three which is he's been very efficient from three i wouldn't mind him taking a couple more and seeing what we can get but he did drive the ball which was great that's something we were worried about, that he might be one of those few players that can't step up in SEC, that he's already not – he already wasn't dominating It's at a conference teams like we kind of hoped he would as he's stepping up into the Auburn role. So then you wonder what he'll do in the SEC. But, hey, a solid seven right there. When CBM's stepping up, you don't really need him to play quite as, as well. He, he had an early drive where he got hit pretty hard, fell pretty hard, took a tech. I think it was at least four techs this game. Three techs, four techs, because that was a that was a tech. There might have been there might have been five. <laughs> yeah, that was a tech on how hard. Uh, yeah, because there was one on the shove of CBM. That was crazy. We'll talk about that one. Dimmer Jones got hit really hard on a flagrant foul and took his free throws. And he was out for a while after that. I was kind of worried for a bit that he might have hit something, but he came back in, played well, kept driving the ball, and that's something we haven't seen a ton in the uh, at a conference. But clearly, was a point that Bruce was making in this game. I don't know if it was, it was early in the game when they just saw the shots weren't going down or if that was the plan all along, but man dominated them in the paint paint points, 48 to Arkansas's 18. And that was part of it because our guards were driving. Well, yeah, for sure. We saw it from Trey. We saw it from KD who tried to throw down a thunderous dunk to really take their spirit. Uh, he couldn't quite do it, but he gave it his, he gave it his college try and uh, yeah, great play from Denver the guy who was really missing tonight was Aiden Holloway. We have some guys in the chat saying he looked a little lost on defense. And I think I agree. I think we saw the the level of competition step up and proved to be a little bit of a challenge for Aiden. So the nice thing was we have a stellar point guard that has not yet found his ceiling. I think we've seen Chad Baker Mazzara ceiling. I think today was about the best. Oh, I disagree. I think CBM's just going like this. He's accelerating, man. Every <laughs> game he's getting better. His drives Look, are getting he better. He's getting more confident. He's taking good shots, playing better defense now. He he's getting in there. He's getting in their times. heads. That's where we talk about CBM. He's getting in their heads. There was a crazy, like, we had already rattled them a bit. We were already up 15 or 16. And out of nowhere, their player just shoved the mess out of CBM. And he went flying. And I joked on Twitter and on Reddit that there was all this talk about CBM being too light, being pushed around, and that might be an issue. 
But honestly, he's collecting fouls like crazy on offense. Every time he does a jump shot, he gets a foul. I think part of that might be that he's getting pushed around so easily that it looks bad. It looks more like an aggravated assault. So that guy shoved him. And I think that anybody would have fallen because he shoved him so hard. But, man, CBM went flying. And, of course, they got a tech on that. And I, I wonder if a Chris Moore or somebody with a little more heft on him wouldn't go flying quite as hard. They might not call that same foul. Uh, well, you know, that's who we can talk about. Um, Chris Chris Moore was probably the lone disappointment in the total totality of this performance. Uh, he turned over the ball twice early on. Uh, he got a shot blocked in the first half. Um, he really displayed uh, a real, the only real weakness in our 11-man rotation. He's getting worse. It's weird. You would think by now, like, he would be getting better. Or so. It's kind of weird. Like, almost like in my head, think of him as, like, the old man on the team that, like, is on the decline athletically. He's like 22 or 23 or something. He shouldn't be going down in skill level right now or getting blocked, turning the ball over on the road. That's what you're supposed to be doing as a vet on this team is just being the solid guy that understands how to play on away games, knows how to keep a level head, knows how to do the leadership. So I just, I don't know. You got to have CBM coming off the bench, but I hope Chris Moore can start giving us some better minutes. Lior's still playing. That might be why Lior's still playing. Maybe Chris Moore's just really like, they really want to keep him out there for the leadership. I don't know. Maybe there was an injury a year ago, maybe, or two years ago that may have really hampered him because he looked he looked pretty athletic in years past. He's looking pretty unathletic right now, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to really get a grasp on exactly what's going on with, with Chris Moore. We've seen him be less effective in out-of-conference play. Some of that was that Chad Baker was playing a lot more minutes, but... And that's Flanagan where he thrived. Playing. That's where he thrived. I used to, uh, not accuse or whatever, but like some of these players like KD, Lior... Chris Moore that are kind of like tweeners or not quite as athletically gifted. They end up doing pretty well against these out of conference teams and they have a game or two where you're like, Oh, maybe Chris, Moore, Chris Moore scored 12 in this one. Maybe he can do something, but really it's because it's playing Alabama state or Florida Atlantic, or I don't know. Florida is actually really good. Uh, I don't know. Some of these worst teams, these mid majors, he didn't really do that this year either. And last year and the year before he was flying around, right? Getting a lot of weird rebounds, getting putbacks. He was an energy guy. He's yeah, he playing the defense. Yeah, he would have some games where you look up and he got a lot of these weird offensive rebounds and played solid defense on some guys. And he's just, I don't know what's going on. We might find out later he's injured or something, but that'll be something to watch for sure. Cause he, we need him to at least be fine, right? Like it's got to be fine. Cause otherwise you've got to rely on Lior for those same amount of minutes. And he's also just, I mean, kind of fine. Yeah, he's got to be more serviceable than he was in this game. It's going to be something to watch going forward for sure. Can Chris Moore not be a detriment to this team? It's going to be a challenge. Um, he is an old, savvy veteran player, and to have him committing turnovers early on, if Arkansas was a better team today, he would have gotten us in a hole that might have been a lot harder to dig out of. So he was he was probably today's biggest disappointment. Lior came in and played some decent minutes. He just, I think... Matt's brought this up a couple of times. He just gets the worst calls. I think it's some sort of like, I, this is going to sound crazy, but it's been several years of watching this now. I think there's some like unconscious bias. He sticks out. He's the, the Jewish white boy on the team. And he just, it, people don't think he can keep up. And there's like this unconscious bias that maybe he's not keeping up. Today, he did a swipe, no physical contact on the guy. They called the foul. And you saw it in the replay. He just gets, they, I think people just don't think he should be keeping up out there. And so when he's playing aggressive defense, they're just ready to blow that whistle because they think he's going to hang on them or do something weird. So I don't know. And he's, he made a, a reverse layup, which was nice. It was really late in the game. I'd love to see him go back to hitting some open threes, but he's he is what he is. You know, it's 
some sol- a solid 10 minutes that's not going to embarrass like, us to rest our people. Yeah, I, I think if he can continue to be a guy that doesn't cost us in, during his minutes, that's going to be about the most we can expect from him, especially with the way that the rules have changed in college basketball. It's hard to imagine Lior scoring points in bunches. Um, I just I, I don't think he's built for that, especially when the, he can't hit open three-pointers. Do, do you feel this way too? Maybe I'm also got this unconscious bias or whatever that I'm like watching him too closely when he's in. But it feels like the other teams go after him for some reason. Oh no, that's absolutely true. They yeah, they, they find they think that's the weakness. Yeah, I don't know if he's really the weakness they think he is, but it seems to be collecting fouls because of that. You know, he's yeah. He's and if you remember, if you remember last year, he used to draw a lot of charges when he would come in because guys yeah. would come at him, and he knew how to position his feet. And that was the biggest thing that I noticed about his game in non-conference was they've sort of taken that part of his game out of college basketball. It's so much harder to draw fouls now than it used to be in the charge game. I mean, it's better for the sport overall. I'm pretty happy with it sport-wise, but yeah, it does. it's a detriment to some of these guys. A KD used to get a, a decent amount of those. Leor, like you said, used to get a decent amount of these. But honestly, better for basketball overall to see a little more high-flying, yeah, see a I'm little less of this, like, like people throwing their head back constantly and like playing that silly game. So who else you want to talk about in here? Dylan Carwell had a decent game, six points. Oh, Dylan, hang on. No, no. He, Dylan didn't have a decent game. Dylan had a great game as a backup center. Three of three from the field, missed his two free throws, played 14 minutes. He played that long stretch. I mean, that, I, I can't say enough how great that second lineup has been. The energy is amazing. The defense is great. And now with CBM scoring, man, it's just a ton of fun to watch. I think, I mean, part of it's probably because we're going against their second line most likely or their first line being tired by then. But we're having long stretches at times where Broom is – every time Carwell's in there, we know he's not a great offensive threat. And so when we have, like, goal possessions with some timeouts, some free throws where you could put Broom back in, and then you have a commercial break where you think Broom's going to come back in, and he's still not coming in because that's how much they're trusting Cardwell right now, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's really, like, not the traditional backup role that we've seen in the past where it was like, hey, just do some minutes here. Before we can, while we can rest our guy real quick, he, he they're leaving him out there at times and saying this is a good lineup and we like how it's thriving out there. It's definitely making a difference for our depth for sure. Who else do you want to talk about on here? I mean, that's Chaney. kind of it for our player breakdown. We we saw probably what we expected from Chaney Johnson getting into conference play. Um, he's going to have to continue to work on his body movement just a little bit. It's clear that the the level of competition is really going to step up in conference play. Um, Chaney Johnson is not quite there yet. But we're continuing to see him develop. He hit a three-pointer tonight. Liked it. You yep. Know, in garbage time, the game was definitely out of hand. But again, that's what we've been begging for is just can we hit open threes? And if you're going to leave him open, well, why not let him shoot? Because Jalen at the four position has uh, the green light to shoot threes when he's open. Everyone scored except for Chris Moore. In fact, everyone scored. No, never mind. Leo got two. I was about to say everyone scored five points or more even. So the only well the only guy that really didn't score was Chris Moore. That's pretty crazy. That's great depth. Extremely great depth. I love what did, it. What did you think about we played zone for the majority of the first half? Do you like our zone? I felt like we got lost at times, but man, they were not. It was it seemed to rattle them. I couldn't tell if it it was the zone that was rattling them or they were just shooting so badly. Maybe they're not a good team. I don't know, but it seemed like it worked. Well, Arkansas is a talented team, but again, you, they, they've got a lot of young guys and they've got a lot of guys they went out and got in the portal. If you remember when we were looking for our portal guys, uh, Arkansas grabbed a couple of players that we wanted to, including guard Traymon Mark, who absolutely torched us in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, so we expected this team to come together a little bit more than they have, which is just great for us. I mean, again, 
you heard Ryan talk about this in the SEC preview. The way to win right now in college basketball is to get older because so many teams are not experienced uh, in tough, challenging environments, and it's a slog to get through all of these games. And so when you have a team like like Auburn that's a little bit older and it's had a little bit more time playing together, um, I, I think it just makes you a better team overall. I wonder if Arkansas is going to turn the corner this year. This has got to be like they've had some rough starts through the years. They've lost some of these weird out of conference games. They've already lost that weird one this year, but they've done that in the past years and still turn it around. I think the maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but they were showing their banner. They've done an elite eight, elite eight, and a sweet sixteen in the last three years, right? Yep. Yeah. So they they turned the corner on the other years where they played badly, but this is rough. And this was, I wonder if you look back at this mentally for them because I don't I don't watch them like a hawk necessarily. But they gave up in the second half, right? I oh, mean, yeah. that shove on CBM was brutal. It was like a breaking point for them. They shoved CBM for no reason. And like the announcers were looking for a reason. The announcers were like, surely something happened before this. Blah, blah, blah. It was like, all right, come on. The guy shoved him. And then after that, they just gave up, man. We were scoring so easily. Their defense was whack. I believe they, they even put in a like a walk-on backup near the end, right? They were like, all right, whatever. We're down 30 points. Tony sure. Barnhart said, I just joined the live and y'all might have already mentioned this, but I read that this was the second worst home loss ever at Arkansas. Let me know because we we I've seen some other places that say this is the worst loss for Bud in Bud Walton Arena history. So somebody let me know if it's the second worst or the first worst. 32 point the broad down. the broadcast was saying this is the worst beatdown for sure. So let me know if anybody else hears any different if it's first or second. Uh Yoda Supper Club. Supper Chubb says Cardwell is that dude that can defend any hyper athletic dudes and to really drive wait athletic dudes and to really drive this point home. Dylan shut down Yivis Missy in the Baylor game. Yivis got his points on broom. It's uh man, I gotta say a lot about Cardwell's athletic ability. It's so much fun to watch him out there. He still doesn't have that touch, but man, he's starting to consistently score five, six, seven points a game, which is pretty good for him. And yeah, you're right. It, there's like always a, this hilarious moment where they try to switch a center onto one of their guards so they can guide can drive past them. And I get excited. I get excited oh, yeah. when Cardwell's out there on a guard because you know they're going to try to drive and it's just not going to happen. It ruins. It's hilarious how often it ruins a possession for the other team when they think they can switch onto Cardwell. And he's like, yeah, I love this. I will come all the way up to the three-point line and you're not getting past me. So that's another one of those. You know, value cargo while we have some. We're not. It's gonna be tough to have back a backup center this good in the future. We got pretty lucky with a guy this athletic. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it all through the non-conference about how important Cardwell had been and how improved not just his offensive game was, but his defensive game. He's one of the few players that have really benefited from the rule change. His ability to position his body in space and have access to that vertical ground as a defender, game changing. Looking down the stat sheet here, if there's any other big stats that stick out. Five blocks, so they're four, so they, it's pretty even there, but you know, I love my blocks. Yeah, free throw percentage. You love your free throws, 73% for us. It's got to be killer for them. They got 53% at home, 53% from the free throw line. They were already shooting badly. They got some, some bull crap tech calls and didn't make the free throws on them. So they were, and they had a lot more. We'd fouled them several more times in the first half for sure. Looks like in the second half it was six and six, but at one point it was seven three in the first half. So they, that's a big, big stat right there. Yeah. So Jackson, next week, 
we got Texas A&M at home. They're going to be another team that's just like Arkansas. Arkansas came into the season, I think, ranked 14th out of the gate. A lot of lofty expectations. They replaced a lot of the talent they lost in the portal. Uh, I think they were picked ahead of us for sure. I think they might have been picked fourth. If I remember correctly, AM was picked third, uh, Tennessee second, and Kentucky first. But we don't have Matt here, who's our who's very much our predictions guy. He but hates predictions, but he but he knows all the people that yeah, did. Well, the he knows the projections. <laughs> he knows the projections. Yeah. Um AM sporting uh player preseason player of the year, Wade Taylor, who's their leading scorer at 17 points a game. Uh shooting 82% from the free throw line, 38% from the field. Janai Broom is is now up averaging nearly 16 points a game after tonight. Wow. So we're continuing to see some good stuff from him. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about AM tonight. They have LSU at home. They're currently a 12-point favorite. That game tips at 8.30 if you want to do a little scout, anybody that wants to watch. And then we tip off that game against them Tuesday. Oh, it's another late tip for the East Coast, Jackson. They're tipping at 9 o'clock Tuesday. So tired of these late ones. I know everybody complains about down in Auburn, too. It's even later on the East Coast. But I'm a late-night person, so that's the one good thing. <laughs> One thing to watch out for if, you, if you're watching for Texas A&M is Buzz Williams. We talked about the SEC preview. Go back and listen to the SEC preview. It's still very much worth it, even after the Arkansas game. It's long. We do a trial with Jalen Williams, which you might love or hate. But uh, Buzz Williams has had Bruce's number. And he gets out on the court worse than anybody else either. It has a big blowhard. So I'll see how the Auburn fans respond in the stadium to him. But we've got to get a win to get him to exercise that demon, man. He's what – uh the South Carolina coach that went to the final four that's that's now gone. He had our number for a little bit there, just struggled to play against them. Same with Carmen Davis at Ole Miss. It seems to be Buzz is the guy now that we struggle with. They beat us at home a couple times now. One of the rare home losses have come from, at least the rare home losses that weren't from a top five team or a top ten team have been from Buzz Williams, Texas A&M. So this will be a big one to turn around. I'm hoping the momentum from this game helps push us into that. You know, and that and on top of the jungle going nuts again, Man, how much do you value the jungle when you watch Bud Walton do that? All the hype about Bud Walton Arena. Man, like I get going down by that much, you would be off a little bit. But they early on, they were not loud. Like after about halfway through the first half. uh, Yeah, they got thrown by the officiating as much as we did watching the game. Like you could tell it disrupted the crowd energy. Yeah, it felt very NBA-esque. Like sure, when their team's doing well, they start standing up and cheering. But like they didn't try purposely it felt like to engage in the game and try to swing the momentum I, the Auburn fans are getting better and better at this I've noticed there'll be times in the game where we're struggling a bit and we need that crowd on defense to get it going and Bruce used to have to get up there and wave his arms around to get the crowd going now it feels like when the moment in the game's a little weird their team the other team's gone on a little bit of a run we can't seem to get it the crowd tries to get that energy going and a lot of other crowds like you saw today Bud Walton did not do that <laughs> like you could you would have thought for sure Bud Walton would have at least gone nuts the first half right it was like they were yeah. waiting for their team to start dominating to start cheering i was like no, this is the opposite your team needs you right now and you're not bringing it so thank god for the jungle they well, they've and, got it and remember we used to have this debate last year pro or con heat check timeout uh arkansas hit a couple of threes and bruce took a heat check timeout and that completely sucked all the air out of that arena because I they love had, a had such a timeout. hard time getting mounted up to that so we now know that bruce at the very least in, in the right moment he didn't used to he do it but he, he's done it more recently in the last year or two we asked him when he came on the pod which go back and listen to our bruce pearl interview if you get a chance it's it's evergreen as they say we asked him lots of big pictures questions so it's not just about the teams or anything but we asked him about he checked timeouts and he looked like we had a that and starters and he looked both of those oh, i don't know <laughs> if i 
do that. And I was like, you never take heat check time out. And all your assistants like defend the fact that he doesn't take one. But when we asked him, he was like, oh, I take them every once in a while. Same with starters. We asked him if he, uh, why he, like his thoughts on always sticking with his starters and rarely changing them out. So, oh, I'm not changing them out every once in a while. Well, I was like, hey, your, your assistants don't agree. So. Oh, wait, Jackson, do, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but speaking of Bruce, you know, he's a big fan of making history. We try to reflect that in all of our social media graphics. But we got Tony Barnhart in the chat saying that's only the sixth win ever for Auburn and Bud Walton Arena. I know that's our first time winning at Arkansas or against Arkansas to start SEC play. There was some stat, which we 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 are all about some of the forgotten history of Auburn basketball. We really want the 98-99 team honored for the 25th anniversary this year. We want to play a game of Beardies. We want the Tiger Stripe jerseys. We've interviewed Cliff Ellis. Go back and listen to our Cliff Ellis interview, too, or a Sonny Smith interview. There is history there. But uh, Matt sent us some stat today about how bad we've been against Arkansas or some other SEC teams. I was like, at this point, 10 years into Bruce's tenure, I don't care that like we – have been so historically bad at Bud Walton. Of course we have been, because we've been terrible as a program for most of our history. So I care more about what's happened since Bruce has been here. We're turning the corner now, and I think oh, this yeah. will be – this is another making history check mark that I'm hoping in the golden age of Auburn basketball we can look back and have checked off as many of these things as possible because there's no guarantee once Bruce heads out one day that we'll be able to put this back together again. And again, remember, folks, it doesn't matter how good Arkansas gets for the rest of the year. We don't have to play them again until the SEC tournament, if it works out that way. Same thing for Texas A&M. It's going to be a great time to get them at home, get that monkey off our back, and then say, sayonara, we don't have to deal with you for the rest of the season. I'm going to see if I can look up some scores here. We're still oh, one of the earlier. The yeah, we're one of the earlier games today. So Kentucky, to to... Kentucky did come back and beat Florida in Gainesville by three. They what just a shame. managed to pull it off. Lord, yeah. I believe Florida was up by 10 or 8 at half and had them going most of the game, and Kentucky just came all the way back in the late second half. Looks like Alabama's up at halftime over Vandy. Georgia beat Missouri. Man, wow! when is Missouri going to figure it out? <laughs> that was your whole thing, Missouri. Like, I don't get I, it. I got no idea when they're finally going to put together. Uh, South Carolina did hold serve against Mississippi State. Mississippi State had Tolu Smith back, which may have played into some of their hijinks. Uh, the final score was 68-62. So once again, you see, even though Mississippi State was favored, South Carolina was able to win at home. So winning on the road in the SEC is a real, real challenge. Well, Ben, we got Texas A&M on Tuesday. Is there anything else you want to do on the recording? We might start doing a thing after these games. I know people want to party and have a good time after these wins and talk amongst their friends and everything about what just happened. So we might start doing our typical recording for the podcast and then ending it and staying on live for a little longer just to chit chat. But uh, any other thoughts you want to get on the recorded podcast? Uh, no, my friends, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, uh, x.com if you're not already. Uh, don't forget to throw us a review, especially if you're a first time listener for this season. Give us a five star. It helps other Auburn fans find us when you're looking for Auburn basketball. And if you know somebody that is transitioning sports, and is ready to watch the best team on Auburn's campus. Send them, to the, send them our way. Send them the SEC preview episode. You'll learn. You'll you'll feel like you've learned. It's two hours long, so there's lots of content in there, and you'll feel like you could talk uh, semi intelligently about what's happening with this team, even if you didn't get to pay attention to most of the conference games. Ben, one final question: After this big 32 point win, are you having fun? Jackson, we're having so much fun. <laughs> War Eagle, Ben. War Eagle. <laughs>